Hey, it's Pastor Tim. Thank you for listening. I pray this message inspires you to live a life engaged in Jesus Christ. Welcome home. So the question I have for you today is, has God showed you his way. Oh no, it wasn't rhetorical. You see, with so few of you here today, I can actually see who is and isn't responding. So let me try that again. The question I have for you today is, has God showed you his way? Yes. And what type of way is it? Is it a way of um, trial and tribulation or is it a way of love, peace and joy? Both. <laughs> Amen. Um, what he said was, I told you that in this world you will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. And so while we can have trial and tribulation reeling all around us, in here, where it counts, we can walk with peace. We are in the second half of our series, Fired Up. Today's sermon is entitled, The Fire Speaker. Fire Speaker. Let's pray. Father in heaven, I ask that you would speak to us in this place. Lord, in a time in life when things are just chaotic, I would ask that we would hear through the chaos, through the trial, through the tribulation, your voice speaking directly to us. Whatever there may be in our minds and on our hearts today that would keep us from hearing you, Lord, take it away. We set it off. Thank you, Father, for hearing this prayer. We ask it in the name of Jesus. Speak to me, Lord, I pray as you speak through me. In Jesus' name, amen. A little echoey. This series... On Fire is the bridge series between the names of God and understanding that Jesus Christ was God, our I Am series coming up. Last week we talked about how Moses is walking a life of uh, failure, really. He had been raised in Egypt to be uh, a prince. He had been told by his mother uh, and his, his, his family, you will be the one set the people free. He felt the call of God on him, yet he tried to do it in his own way. How? In his own way. And every time we try and do God's job in our way, failure. Big, huge failure. And so for the last 40 years, he had been wandering the desert as a shepherd, walking in the sandals of his failure. Last week he said he saw a fire. He said, what is this? He turns aside to see it, and he hears the voice of God calling out to him, and his life is forever changed. Today we want to look more into this story. Today, again, it's called Fire Speaker. A couple weeks ago, or months ago, actually, um, 
Miguel comes up to me and says, this is Josh's last Sabbath. And Josh, if you remember, was the big Frankenstein-looking guy who used to follow my daughter around and became like family to us. Well, it was his last Sabbath, and they wanted to do something special. And so I'm thinking, oh, okay, maybe we're going to come over, we're going to do an anointing, we're going to pray over him. Um, he's like, no, 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 we got, we, got, we got this, we got this. And so we, 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 we come over, we had some uh, guests over to the house. It was uh, David and Becky's first time to the house. And they were like, you know, like, oh, you know, this is going to come to the pastor's house. They're going to receive a blessing. I'm like, oh, yes, this is um, Josh's last time. We're about to do something special just for, just for Josh. And so I said, so what is it? He's like, well, we're going to do the one chip challenge. I'm like, the one chip challenge? I don't know what that is. I've heard of the one challenge. You know, where you challenge people to make God number one in their life. Well, the one chip, what is that? Like coronary health improvement plan? You know, the Aves, the chip? What is that? So, oh, no, no, no. And he pulls out this bag. And his back has a warning label across the front. And apparently, you have to sign a waiver before you are able to buy this, these chips. And in them, these chips are coated with the world's hottest peppers. Okay? They are coated so thick that the chip itself is black. And I'm like, what are you going to do? It's, like, uh, it's good. It's, it's to commemorate Josh's time and our time together. And so these two children of God sit down, and we're all sitting there, and poor David and Becky are like, what's going on? And they proceed to put these fire chips into their mouths. Now, now, immediately everything changes. Okay, you know Miguel, he's spoken at my pulpit many times. He is articulate, he is uh, kind and funny, and he connects with people well. But within 30 seconds of him putting that chip into his mouth and swallowing, he was like, talking in tongues, I thought he'd become a Pentecostal. Okay? He is, uh, he and Josh is on there, like, everything about their demeanor changes. They can't even speak straight. For the next three hours, both of them are acting the fool. Okay, Miguel is literally crawled up in the fetal position on the floor, just rocking back and forth. And so I, being the good and kind pastor I am, I looked at Josh, I looked at Miguel, and said, good for you and good for you. <laughs> David and Becky still haven't been back to the house since. Scared him away. My point is this. It may be small. But when you put something powerful inside of you, it changes you. It changes the way you act. It changes the way you communicate. It changes your reality. And when that thing is of the world, like the one ship, okay, it changes it for the worse. But when that thing is of God, it changes you for the better. The evidence that God has spoken to you and you have received his speaking is that you are changed. My Bible says, be ye not transformed or conformed to the world, but be what? Transformed. Be more than meets the eye. Nobody? Moses has now turned aside to see this bush. And this is where we find him in Exodus, the third chapter. And we're going to be reading, what's this, 4 and 5? We're going to be reading the entirety all the way down to 15. 
So let's read it together. Um, Exodus, the third chapter, starting in verse 4. When God saw that Moses had come over to look, God called to him from within the bush and said, Moses, Moses. And Moses said, here I am. It's the call and the reception of the call. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. Moses has come over to look because he is curious. Okay? God is not a science project. God is not something for our curiosity to speak up. God is something or someone a power looking for relationship. And so because Moses isn't ready to accept that yet, he's just coming over with curiosity, God says, stop. Do not come any closer. Now then, take off your sandals, for the place you are standing on is what? Holy, holy ground. Someone say holy. holy. Then he said, I am the God of your father the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. At this, Moses hid his face because he was afraid to look at God. I want to tell you something. This is the response of someone who does not yet know God, who just knows of God. See, when the angel of the Lord appears before people, oftentimes the first thing they have is fear. And he says, what? Be not afraid. Good tidings I bring you of great cheer, and so forth and so on. Because the human heart in this world, when they first come into contact with God, is overwhelming and they are afraid. Moses hides his face because he does not want God to look into his soul and see who he is. See, there's a face we put onto the world. The I'm okay face, right? How's it going? Things are going good. God is good. All the time, all the time, God is good. That's the piece we point to the world. But so often we're terrified that if anybody looks close enough, looks deep enough, they're going to see the mess that is inside. The reverse blessings we yell in traffic. The um, names we call our spouse when they aren't listening. The breaking down of who we are and conforming it to who the world wants us to be. We're terrified. We cover it up. But God doesn't need us to cover it up. So he tells Moses to take off his shoes. Um, verse 7. And the Lord said, I have indeed seen the misery of my people in Egypt. I have heard them crying out because of their slave drivers. And I am, who? I am concerned about their suffering. I'm concerned about their suffering. Never think that God is not concerned about the situations that are going on in your life. You may not see it, you may not feel it, but he is active and engaged in a plan to bring you out. God says, so I have come down. I have come down. Think about that. God could have sent anybody, but he came down for us. Amen? to rescue them from the hand of their oppressors and to bring them up out of the land into a good and spacious land, a land flowing with milk and honey, 
full of blessings. Someone say milk. Someone say honey. That's what God wants for us, a good and gracious land. Continuing on, he says, there are the Canaanites and the Hittites and the Amorites and the Pezzasites and the Hivites and the Jebusites and the Cellulites, all the ites, all those enemyites. I've been battling the Cellulites for years now. It's a tough battle, but my God will prevail. Can I get an amen? Just got to put down the cheesecake. Anyway, getting off topic. And now the cry of the Israelites has reached me, and I have seen the way the enemy is oppressing them. So I now will go down, and I am sending you to go to Pharaoh to bring my people out of the land of the enemy. Now, now at this, Moses should be like, Hallelujah! I've been waiting forever! I knew it was me! I knew it was me! This is great! But does Moses say that? Moses, speaking to the bush, says, but, but who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? And God says, I will be with you. And this is a sign that you are to give to them and to let them know that it is I who have sent you. When you come out of Egypt, you will worship God on this mountain. You see, the sign that God was with Moses was not the miracles he did. Okay? Hear what I'm saying. A lot of times we see the sign, how do we know that God is with Moses? Oh, he did ten plagues and a serpent into the staff and all these things. That's how we know God was with Moses. No, you know what the sign that God was with Moses? It's when they got out, he didn't let them go, but he brought them to him and they shared relationship worship together. The sign that God is in your life is that when you come into this place, you are able to open up your mouth and sing praises of worship to God. I thank all of you, praise God for all of you who in Monty and um, Wyola are up here singing. You realize it's not a performance. It's not the Wyola worship hour, okay? It is a praise time for us to be led to lift our voices to God. But pastor, I can't sing. I'm not asking you to perform. I'm asking you to give worship. That's the sign that God is with you, that you can open your mouth and lift up in spite of your circumstances, in spite of being in the desert of all of your problems, you can worship God. Do I have any people in here who can worship God regardless of what goes on? Amen. Praise God. Praise God. I haven't even got to the sermon yet, Monty. I'll be here till three. No, I'm just joking. Don't worry. He's like, there's only a few of us here, Pastor. But don't we get like a discount? There's less of us, so you speak shorter? No. I got you more time now. Going on, sorry. Pastor done lost his mind. Um, Verse 13, Moses said to God, Suppose I go to the Israelites and say to them, The God of your fathers has sent me to you. And they ask me, Well, what is his name? Then what shall I tell them? God said to Moses, Say to my children, The Lord, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has sent me to you. This is my name forever. How long? 
the name by which I am to be remembered for generations. Verse 14, God said to Moses, I am who I am. This is what you are to say to them. See, the name of God for generations is to be I am. When we go into our summer series, I want you to remember this. Because Jesus Christ came and declared from the beginning, I am that I am. Declaring his divinity, declaring that the same God who saved you then is the same God who is standing before you now. But right now, that God is standing before Moses. And he stands before us. And there are three things you need to know when the fire speaks to you and you are still walking in the bondage of the enemy. You are still scared, asking, who am I that you should talk to me? Three things. First, take it off. Someone say, take it off. Second, listen to the fire. Thank you, Jason. Playing along. And finally, finally, speak fire. Number one, take it off. As Moses answered the call of God from the fire, God let Moses know that he was standing on holy ground and called him to submit to God by taking off his sandals. This is weird. It's only one other time in the Bible that this happens. And it's with Joshua. And the reason it happens with Joshua is so that God can show Joshua that the way I called Moses, I'm calling you. So it was a continuation of the leadership call. But why does he ask Moses to take off his shoes and let him know that he's standing on holy ground? Well, because Moses had been wearing the bondage of, Is of Egypt on his feet since he left that place. Okay? He had been walking a path. His sandals represent the path that you're walking in the life that you have. You're walking upon this ground using the sandals, and they're the excuse that he has in his life of why I can't do anything. Because I'm a failure. Because I'm a murderer. Because I've messed up. Because, because. And he comes near God, and he doesn't see God. He's fearful, and God says, listen, I want to have a relationship with you. Someone say relationship. relationship. I want you to know me the way I know you. But you cannot do that. You cannot see yourself the way I see you. You cannot walk the way I want you to walk while you are still walking in the bondage of your former path. So I need you to take off those old sandals and realize something. You don't need anything, any crutches, because the ground you are standing on, the path that you are standing on when you are standing with me is what? Holy, Holy ground. I, got you, I need you guys to know this. I need you to know this. You have been shackled. We, are, we have been shackled, all of us, from the time we were born with the shoes of doubt, the shoes of pride, Shoes of selfishness, the shoes of fear, the shoes of hurt. And we think that is who we are, really. That's the foundation we're standing on. And God is desperate for you to know him, to know that you are not that, that you, when you accept him, are not just standing on holy ground, but you are holy ground. That the path you walk with him 
is a holy path. It's not the same anymore. You've put the one chip in you, and you're different. You're different now. What is it in your life? Do you need to take off? So that you can see yourself the way God sees you. Don't ever forget, just like Moses, you have the call of God in your life. The holy ground call. But like Moses, so many of us are strapped into the sandals of the enemy's lies about us. So what do you got to take off? You have to take off your shoes of upbringing. Okay, the way your parents talk to you, the way your, um, the, the, the situation you were raised in, the traumas of your past. Maybe you have to take off your failures, holding on to those, thinking they are what define you. For some of us, the most important thing we have to take off is our successes. Okay? Because there's no more dangerous ground to be walking on than the ground of your own works and the ground of your own power. And so in order to see yourself the way God sees you and not dependent on something that you've done or haven't done, you need to take that off and realize that my God is with me no matter what. See, here's the awesome thing about God. There is nothing you can do or not do, not enough of something that you can do or never do that will ever make you worthy of God. Nothing. Except accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Once you do that, there is nothing you can do or not do, nothing you can do a lot of or never do any of that will make you more worthy of God. Jesus Christ is the it. That's it. The I am. Getting to my next point. I got I to gotta stop that. I always do that, Monty. Yeah, calm me down. I'm so excited. What do you got to take off to see God for who he is? You know, some of us are still living in that, 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 that messed up version of God. You know, if, if bad things are happening to me, it must be because God's against me. And if good things are happening to me, it must be because God's for me. God is for you no matter what. Okay? And some of you need to take off some notions that you have about the way salvation and gospel work in order for you to see that God is a God who is for you, who is not against you. Someone who is fighting for you every step of the day. Every step of the journey. Remember when I went to high school for the first time? Everything was going to be different, okay? In grade school, I was a goofy little kid. But now, Monty, I had come to high school, and I was officially going to be cool. So the sign that someone is cool, do you know what the sign that someone is cool is, David? You know what the sign is? Take it off. It's glasses. Ray-Bans, specifically. I found a pair of Ray-Bans. Well, okay, they weren't Ray-Bans. They were fake bands, okay, at the 7-Eleven. But still, they, I wore them all the time. 
I warm in the classroom. I warm in the bus. I warm in the gym. I always warm. Teachers be like, oh, Tim, there's no sun in here. You can take them off. I'm all, my future's so bright. I got to wear shades, man. I thought it was cool. Such a dork. But yeah, you know, so I'm like, yeah, come on now. I remember one time I'm walking to the gym, right? And, you know, I'm, I got my gym shorts on, you know, my gym, I, you know, the dorkiest looking world. Like, I, I came to school in the 80s, and so they hadn't yet allowed us to wear the, you know, knee-length gym shorts. So these are the, you know, like the, you know, right at your hip shorts. And, you know, the dove shorts, okay, yeah. And, and the, the, you know, my, my, my gym t-shirt that hadn't been washed in seven weeks. But I was cool because I had my shades on, Right? I'm in the gym, and all the balls are bouncing. All of a sudden, I hear everybody say, duck, duck, duck. I'm like, what, what, what? I look around, and bam, right in my head, this ball comes. Now, now, I didn't see the ball, not because it came so fast, but because I was wearing the stupid shades. I couldn't see anything. And I realized that if I wanted to see life the way it was supposed to be seen, I had to do what? Take it off. Stop wearing the shades of the enemy in your life blurring the vision that God has given you. Take it off and see what God has in store for you. Ephesians 4.22 says, You were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off the old self, which has been corrupted by its sinful desires. The second part is, put on the armor of God. Take it off because you got something better to wear. Second point. Second point. Listen to the fire. Listen to the fire. Now, now, now I, I think this is crazy. Moses is standing there, okay? Standing there in front of a flaming bush that does not burn up in the middle of the desert. He hears the voice of God coming from the bush, saying, Moses, I have called you to set my people free. And Moses' response is like, hi, not me. Who am I? I, I, I want to tell you something. If you are standing before the fire in your life and you hear God Almighty talking to you out of your miracles, and by the way, we've talked about this, but has God performed miracles in your life? Every day. Every day. So when he's speaking to you from that, don't question the fire. Say yes, God. Now I say that knowing full well that I've done it a thousand times. But see, God is a God who allows that kind of stuff, you know? He allows that kind of stuff. When he came to Abraham and said, Abraham, I've got great news. You are going to be the father of many nations. You know what Abraham said? How can this be? I'm old. When he came to Gideon and said, Gideon, mighty warrior. Talked about this a couple weeks ago. You're going to go and set the people free. How can this be? I'm so small. He came to Mary. Mary, good times of great cheer I bring to you. You will bring forth a child and call his name Emmanuel. How can this be? I'm still a virgin. I'm sorry. How can this be? I'm still a virgin. God is a God of the calling, and unfortunately too many of us are the people of the how can this be. If the bush is calling you to it, if the fire has spoken into your life, it will be how it will be. Not you. Not you. You know, we are so preoccupied sometimes with the inward gaze. 
The false humility. I am not enough. That we miss out on what is enough. Remember when I first started, um, we first started taking mass into the pool to teach her to swim, right? And, and, and she's standing there at the edge of the pool. And she's, you know, shaking, right? And I'm in the pool. I'm standing there. We're in the shallow end. I say, jump to dad. Jump to dad. And she's looking out at all of the water. I, say, I can't. I'm scared. Now, I don't want to dissuade her, her fear, right? Because she should have a good fear of the water, yes? Right? I mean, kids have drowned. Okay, it is a real thing. Be a, yes, yes, fear is real. The, 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 the danger is real. But who is calling to her? Her daddy. And I had been with her every day of her life and never let anything happen to her while I was with her. There are sometimes she wasn't in my presence and she didn't hurt herself. Okay, not my fault. Okay, but, but when I was with her and not let anything happen to her, but she was so preoccupied on the water that was crippling her ability to come to the Father. Finally, finally, I said, baby, I promise I will never let anything happen to you. You just got to trust Dad. Jump. Closed her eyes. I love how kids close their eyes, right, when they're, they're going to do something. But, you know, I'm afraid, so I'm just not going to look. I'm just going to jump. That's how I ride roller coasters, by the way. My eyes closed the entire time. Anyway, close her eyes, and she jumps to me. And boom, immediately she's in the arms of the Father. And she is loving it. And you know what the first words out of her mouth were after that? Again, again, again. All of a sudden, the water's still there. It's the same water, the same danger, the same fears. All that's still there. But the difference is she's now trusted the arms of the Father. So many of us are standing there listening to the voices around us saying it's too much water, there's too much danger, there's too much brokenness. It's too much. You can't do it. And all the while, God is saying, just jump to Daddy. Trust me. You have a choice of which voice you listen to. The voice of fear or the voice of the fire. The voice of danger, or the voice of the Father. Who will you listen to today? If the I am has called you to it, the I am will bring you through it. Can I get an amen? amen. Don't forget who's speaking to you. Yes, he is your daddy, and that's the most relational aspect we can get who will hold you tight, but he is also the great I am. When Moses asked him, what's your name? And he said, tell them that, the, that I am, that I am sent you. It can be translated three ways, and always can be translated either separately or the same way, which means it means the same, all three things all at once. And it's this, I will be who I will be. I am who I am, and I was who I was. Moses, in, in God saying this, he was saying, I always was. Okay? The God who was with you, who brought the world forth by the voice of his breath, by the breath of his voice, okay? That's the same God who stands before you now. 
The God who brought forth Abraham, who was a liar, uh, Jacob, who was a, or Isaac, who was a coward, and Jacob, who was a trickster, who brought them forth and made them a heritage, made them patriarchs. This is the God who is speaking to you now. The God who has been with you every step of the journey of your life, and still, even though it looks like dangers all around you, I'm still with you now. That I am is the one who is with you. Not saying tough things won't happen. From this point, they go to Egypt. Pharaoh won't let them go. So they got to go through a whole rigmarole there. Ten plagues. Then they get out of Egypt. No water, no food. But what do they got? They got God. And so they find honey in the rock and water in the stone. Can I get an amen? amen? It's the same for our lives today. You can choose who you listen to. And I'm going to tell you this right now. A little extra. I'm not charging you for this. The voice you choose to focus on is the voice you will hear most clearly. Some of you are like, I just don't hear the voice of God that clearly in my life. Maybe it's because you've been focusing on other voices in your life. Turn those voices off. Listen to God and see what he does through you. Our text says this. This is after they had talked to Jesus, after they thought their lives were over, okay? These are two disciples who had stood at the foot of the cross, seen Jesus die, and said, well, it's all over. The guy we followed is gone. Our lives have come to crashing in. Let's go home. And they're walking home to Emmaus, and someone starts walking with them and says, hey, can I walk with you guys? I said, sure thing, man. I mean, and they said, well, you guys seem really sad. What's going on? Is it, haven't you heard what went on? The great teacher. He came and he did many miracles. Well, they've crucified him. Now he's gone and he's left us. They said, well, didn't that have to happen? Didn't all those things, those bad things, those uh, destructive things, didn't those things have to happen so that the voice of God, the will of God, the purpose of God could come to fruition? Here, let me show you in the Bible. That's why, by the way, it's always good to read your Bibles because that's where the answers are. And he says he reasons them from scriptures and sows them. And then... He goes in their house, he breaks some bread with them, and they look up and they're like, Jesus? And he disappears. And they say this. Then they asked each other, were not our hearts, what? Burning. What? Burning. What? Burning. Within us, while he talked with us on the road and opened up the scriptures to us. When the voice of God speaks in you, it burns. You feel the compulsion to act and to do and to go. The question is, what will you do with it? Will you listen to the voice of fear or will you listen to the voice of truth? It's your choice. Third point. Third point. Speak fire. As this fire in front of Moses spoke freedom, Moses received not just freedom for himself, but a call to bring freedom to all of God's children. God sent Moses to a people who had been calling for hundreds of years for relief. I say for hundreds of years. It's actually been probably closer to 20 years. Okay, They had been in Egypt for 400 years. 
But the most part of that, they had gotten comfortable because life was good. God had called them to live in Canaan, but they were like, now nah, we're in Egypt now. We're doing pretty good. We're going to stay here. And so they ignored God and took on the customs and rituals of the world around them. And so when God finally let them again experience what the end result of taking on all those customs and rituals were, they cry out to him. And God listened to them and calls Moses and said, there are people who are calling out for me. So I need you to go and speak words of freedom to them. Speak fire. Just like with Moses in his day. Don't you know there are those in chains calling out to God today? There's a world around us of people calling out for freedom, trapped in the bondage of the enemy, saying there's got to be a better way. Somebody help me. And just like in Moses' day, God is calling those who will listen to the fire to go out and to engage with them. These people who are begging for relief, for freedom from their captor. Do you hear his voice? Do you hear his voice calling to you? Saying they need you? You've got it. I've given it to you. Now go and set them free. Whenever the fire calls someone, and again, I got to ask, has anybody in this house been called by God, been called by the fire to follow him? A couple of you. Good. If you've been called by the fire, he expects you then to engage. See, God never called anybody just for them, okay? He never said like, hey, Elijah, hey, why don't we just come and hang out and that's it. You and I are just going to hang out forever. That will be great. No, he calls people and then he sends them out to engage with the world around them. So if you've been called by God, you've been called not just to a greater purpose for your sake, but you've been called to engage in the world around you. One of the things I love about Kanyoi is we are a house of engagement. We've got musical ministers, and we've got educational ministers, and we've got all sorts of ministers in this place. Make sure that as you are hearing the voice of God, speaking words of affirmation and truth into your life, that you are engaging with the world around you, in your homes, in your offices, even in traffic. Because they are looking for people who will speak freedom to them. Every time I start getting upset God, with like the guy who's, you know, shorted in front of me and then goes the speed limit, and I'm just like, I'm ready to give him a reverse blessing, you know, and be like, one finger shaka. And God says, listen, maybe, 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 maybe I let them get in front of you because they need you right now. Because they need someone to speak in their actions fire to them. I'm like, I'm about to speak fire. He's like, you know what I mean? And every time I'll like swerve around to go around, I'll look, and it's like, you know, some elderly person with white knuckles who's just like praying that they can get home without someone running them off the road. Yeah, exactly. Blessings, sir. Every day, every day, God will send you someone in your life who needs the engagement, who needs to have fire spoken to them. Speak fire. Speak fire. Break the cycle 
See, all of us in our lives have had people speaking fear and pain and hurt to us, right? We've all had it. Okay? And the cycle is, we've been spoken brokenness, and so we go out and we speak brokenness, and they go out and they speak brokenness. And it's just a cycle of brokenness. My dad had a temper, his dad had a temper, so you know what? I got a temper. Speaking brokenness. But when we speak into the world, into your world, what you speak into your world, you'll see that reality come to life. If you continue to speak brokenness and hate and harm and nagging and frustration and whatever it is, you know, critical, tearing down, why aren't you better? Well, that's all you're going to get. People that don't feel like they're good enough. People that are broken down. But if you speak truth, affirmation, you speak love, if you speak the fire that God has put in you to the world around you, watch what that does to the world around you. As you speak it to them, they will start to get it from you and they will start to live it. It will change them. You don't believe me? Spouses, try it with your spouse. For one week. I know, it's just crazy. It's like an eternity for you. Okay, but for one week. It doesn't count if your spouse is out of town, okay? But for one week, speak nothing but affirmation to them. Every word, now they're going to say, what did you do? But it's okay. Speak nothing but affirmation. They may speak negativity and brokenness back to you. That's okay. For one week, speak nothing but affirmation to your spouse. Next week, next Sabbath, I want you to come and tell me what, how it changed. If anything is different. I have a sneaking suspicion. You're not going to see a whole lot the first day or the second day or the third day, but by the end of the week, all of a sudden, you start to see something. You start to see peace in your home. You start to see love in your home. You start to see reconciliation in your home because what we speak, we get. Speak fire to people around you because they need it from God. I remember when I was a kid. My parents had grounded me for something stupid. I don't know. Grades or something. I don't know. I didn't deserve it because if you asked my mom, I was a perfect child, so <laughs> shouldn't have shouldn't have uh, shouldn't have been busted. But I got, I got busted. I got grounded. They said for um, two weeks, you're not to leave the house except to go to school. Well, fine. Can't go up the street, hang out with your best friend. Okay, you got to stay inside. Didn't have cell phones then, so this was a real thing. I had one TV in the house, in the middle of the house. Couldn't watch that. My dad would come home and literally check the back of the TV to see if it was still warm. You know? That's all right. I used to put a damp cloth on it. <laughs> I did that up until the Lord warned me. I threw a damp cloth over it, and a drip fell down to the TV, and sparks came out. And I was just begging God, God, please, please don't make it happen. Because I was, you know, but, but this is the thing, this is the thing, I was terrified, I was terrified. Because, you know, tough parents. Portuguese mom, Walt Nelson for a dad, you know, I mean. And so, so they left the house. And I'm like, I'm like 14 now, don't have a car yet, but, you know, I'm, I'm a man. I'm, you know, shaven. At least once a month. And, and, and so, I, um... I call my best friend up, say, parents have gone, they're going to be gone all day. Let's go to the comic store and get some comics. 
He's all, are you sure you're grounded? I'm all, they can be over hours. We'll be back way before then. So he's all right. So he blows for a while. And the comic store was, uh, it's up on uh, Kamehameha, where the golf shop is now. It used to be a little comic store over there. So we walk over to that. The comic store's closed. I'm like, oh, man, it's too bad. As we're walking back, you know, this is maybe gone. They, they've been gone maybe half an hour. As we're walking back, I hear someone speak out to me from the road. You're in trouble, mister. I turn and I look, and there's our white minivan driving past us. And I'm like, 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 in my life, never been that scared. Bottom drops out, turn white. I'm like, and then it pulls over, and the sliding door opens up. And they're like, get in. We'll take you home. And I'm like, <laughs> so, of course, I get in. I don't say anything. And my best friend, okay, he's like, I'll just keep walking, Mr. Mrs. It's okay. I'm fine. And I look at him like, get in. <laughs> and so he gets into, because I know, uh, you know, they're not going to yell at me if he's in the car. Okay. So we get in the car, and we're, we're just driving. We're driving. Okay. We get home. He runs off to his home. They say, Mom and I have to talk. Why don't you go wait in your room? And I'm like pacing. I'm like, okay. So I'm 14. I think I'm too old to spank. But I don't know. You know, I wasn't quite sure, you know, what, what the punishment would be. I, I, maybe maybe I, I, I won't be able to drive until I, you know, get married. I don't know. I don't know, I don't know what the, the result is. I mean, it, it could literally be anything. It could be, you know, 15 lashes with cat of nine tails. Or, you know, I mean, the, the penalties are just running through my mind. They call me and say, we're ready for you, Tim. So I walk in. I sit down. I'm just ready. I'm just heads down to the floor. And never forget, never forget. My dad says, you know, Tim, we've raised you, I think, to be better than this. I said, you have, Dad. I'm really sorry. I know I messed up. I blew it. I'm sorry. Whatever you got for me, I'm ready. You know? And he says, I want you to know something. We think you've learned your lesson. I'm like, said, we love you. We just want you to be the best man that you can be. That's why we bring all the stuff on you. You're a good kid. Thing. I'm like, okay, this is the part where he jumps out and starts beating on me, right? This is, this is the surprise part. He's like, you know, so I want you to know something, son. Um, your, your grounding, it's over. You know, we don't need to ground you anymore. You're old enough. We raised you to know God. Just do better. I know you can. And they let me go. I actually went back into my room and like sat down. I'm like, I think I'll just ground myself. But in all seriousness, it changed me. Because I was expecting the yelling. I was expecting the beating down. I was expecting to tell me everything I knew about myself. I was a bad kid. I messed up again. I'm nothing but uh, a Kolohe child. I'm no good. But you know what they did? They spoke the truth they saw in me. And from that point on, it was my goal to live the truth that they saw in me. I wasn't perfect. I was still a kid. But no longer did I live in the idea that I'm bad, so I'm going to do bad. I was able to live in the, the, the truth and the comfort and the acceptance that I am who my parents say I am. And I then told that to my best friend. I told it to others. And I try and pass it on to my kids. See, you can change the world you live in by the words you speak and the way you speak them. 
Psalms 39.3 says this. My heart grew hot within me. As I mused or thought about it, the fire burned. This is the Holy Spirit speaking to this person's heart. Then I spoke with my tongue. He got a revelation from God, and he shared it with the world around him. You have a choice every day what you will speak. Fear, anger, and hurt, or freedom, peace, and love. Why speak fear and hate when you can speak peace and love? I invite you today to speak fire. Father in heaven, we thank you for leading us, for directing our paths and paths of righteousness and reminding us that as we walk with you, we are the holy ground that you have dedicated and sanctified. Lord, if there be anybody here today who is still shackled with the shoes of the enemy's lies, let them take them off and walk in the truth of your path. Let them listen to the voice speaking within them, power and life, and then let them take that power and spread it to the world around us. This is our call. This is our prayer. I thank you, Father. Thank you for freeing us. Now, Lord, help us to walk free in you. In Jesus Christ's name, amen. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to support this ministry with your time, treasure, or talent, please visit our website at kaneohesda.org. Have a blessed rest of your day.